we're back. Gary. The once and future king. Welcome. Why are we even here? We are here to get annihilated. To the Every Movie Ever podcast. Look at these cunts. Tonight, we will be partaking of a liquid repast as we wend our way up the golden mile. The following episode contains spoilers. Commencing with an inaugural tankard in the first post, then onto the old familiar, the famous cop, the cross man, the good companions, the trusty servant, the two-headed dog, the mermaid, the beehive, the king's head, and the hole in the wall for a measure of the same, all before the last bittersweet pint in that most fateful terminus, the world's end. Leave a light on, good lady, for though we may return with a twinkle in our eyes, we will in truth be blind. Rolling. Hello, everyone. Oh, yeah, sorry. (laughs) Okay. Mate, please do go on. Hello, everyone. Keep rolling, rolling, rolling. (laughs) (laughs) All right. (laughs) Is this going to be today? No. Is this how we are? No, it's not. Come on. It's not. No, no. Today's a serious one, man. I've got things to talk about. Come on. Good, good. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Every Movie Ever podcast. My name is Ben Groves. And my name is Rob McFarlane. How are we doing today? I am doing very well, sir. How about yourself? Yeah, I mean, I've been better. So uh, as teased in last episode, I've gone through a bit of a major life change, uh, basically involving me uh, being a victim of a a failed identity theft in a London hotel. Yep. That required okay. me to uh, to exit through a window by smashing it mm-hmm. with a steel chair, whilst completely out of my so head. So just an everyday week, then, yeah, 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 yeah. Got out yeah, of my head just... in a hotel, and then gave mm-hmm. some scammers a whole lot of footage of me doing doing what gentlemen do when they're in their hotel room by themselves, realizing halfway wow. through, and then having to escape by. Uh, Picking up a chair and going, here comes the chair, Mr. Window. Choo-choo. Here's the fucking chair train. <laughs> Smash it through and uh, jump out of a second story window. So in light of that, right. I thought I'd make some mm-hmm. changes in my life and maybe look at just a, a period of sobriety. Um, okay. See how long I want to keep, you know, until I can sign and know that it is a choice rather than a compulsion. Um, okay. and, uh, completely changed my lifestyle and where I live and all that sort of stuff. So, um, it's quite handy. The lengths that yeah. I would go to, to cover Edgar Wright and Simon Pegg's final film in the Cornetto trilogy, The World's End. Dude, I'm... A film about a recovering alcoholic going on a pub crawl. Hey! Dude, I honestly have nothing but respect for the amount of research you've put into this movie. Because not yeah. only did you research the movie, you went out and tried to live it. Yeah, and... yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ow. All Ow. serious. <laughs> Sorry, Ow. mate. All serious, though, mate. Like, I'm glad. And I'm fucking yeah. proud of you for doing what you're doing, man. Honest. Yeah, bit of a change. Bit, of a, bit, of a, bit of a mix-up from the sex and drugs and rock and roll lifestyle of London. I'm now in Gloucestershire permanently. Raising chickens. I'm not raising chickens. I'm debating starting a pizza place, but that's about it. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I love how you got that from chickens. I'm raising chickens. No, I'm not. I'm doing pizzas. I'm raising pizzas, though. 
Well, I might. Fucking I might. Farmer. I, it, you know, pipe dream. First plan I've made in a while. Probably go wrong. Yeah. First plan I've made in a while that's not um that's not going out and getting off my face. Fuck it, man. I'm here for you. I'm here for I I wouldn't be sober yep. if it wasn't for you. Like you're the one that's helped keep me sober. Every time I'm about to have a wobble or every time I'm staring into a fucking whiskey bottle, just smelling mm. it of how delicious it is and thinking, mm. this could really easily just turn my brain off for the next mm. six to nine days. You know what I mean? Yep. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I've do. always found you being sort of like, hey, so this is happening. And you're like, yeah, do it. And then see how you feel tomorrow. And I'm like, fuck you, you're right. <laughs> you're 100% right. Fuck you. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I'm going to be there for you now. This is my chance to to repay Fantastic. the favor. So whenever you phone me being like, I'm about to drink, I'm going to go, yeah, fucking do it. And then you're going to go, bye. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'm just going to get, I'm just going to start getting bills for windows from all over London. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I'm glad you're good now, though, man. I'm glad you're good now. I'm glad yeah, you're yeah. good. Yeah, yeah. And you're no, looking healthy. You're looking good. You're looking rosy-cheeked and bushy-tailed and big-eyed. And <laughs> yeah. yeah, I guessed. Well, it was a long sobriety, you know. Yeah, 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 but you yeah, gave yeah. it your best effort. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just uh, just finished watching The World's End, and it's made me angry. So, um, not angry. I it's a very good <laughs> film. It's a very good film. But I've got some thoughts. Uh, I also have thoughts. some thoughts. And I'm glad you have these thoughts because going into this movie, just as a as mm-hmm. a preface to this yeah. episode, the writing of this movie is very different to the last two en- entries in the Cornetto trilogy. It really is. It's I it's a it's a wildly different film. The the atmosphere is different, the tonality yeah. is different, the pacing is different. It still has the the comedy and the drama, and obviously it's a sci-fi, but mm-hmm. it gets just because it's as the fucking- mint Cornetto. It's the mint cornetto, but it just yep. gets as fucking dark as you can take it, man. Like mm-hmm. it, it's written in a way that whatever it means to you is exactly right. You take away from it exactly what you take away from it, and that is the correct answer. And someone yep. else will take away something wildly different, and yep. that is the correct answer. And it is that it's this type of writing in a genre of movie that I fucking adore with my entire soul and being. Mm-hmm. Obviously, like sci-fi. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's just, it's such a fucking beautiful movie. I connect it with that in so many ways. I find it interesting. I can tell already that we have taken wildly different things from it. And I'm on, I'm on mm-hmm. board with it until Act 3. Um, for me, it it is one of the better written on a, on, yeah. a, on a moment-to-moment and a medium-term scale. And on a long-term okay. scale, I think it tries to do one too many things, but we'll get into that. The foreshadowing is very good. I mean, it's it's very tightly foreshadowed. The foreshadowing in this is beautifully done. Uh, rather than having Nick Frost eloquently spoil the movie for us very early on. May he forever live in heaven as an absolute oh, G. Dude, at, on Nick Frost, we... We do not deserve Nick Frost. We don't. But we have Nick Frost, so we need to show our fucking gratitude and erect mm. a statue of Nick Frost in every city. I've said it before, I'll say it again. Yep. I don't know who to email, but I will make the fucking email. All right. <laughs> who's the who's the guy that did like the big fucking the big marble man with the little willy? Michelangelo. Yeah, yeah. He's around. Yeah, that's the fella. Get him on it. Call up call up Shredder. That's yeah, fine. And be like, Do you know where Michelangelo is these days? Yeah, fuck it. <laughs> That was a turtles joke, and I appreciate it. Thank you. I liked it. I liked it. That actually made me smile. That was a, yeah, that was yeah, a really yeah. nice childhood warming moment in my chest there right then. That was like, ah, oh. I almost reached for my little bowl of shreddies like it was oh. a Saturday morning again. I see. I never got into the teenage mutant uh, the tootin' meat and needle teetles. Yeah, you can tell. 
You can yeah, tell. Yeah. Never got into them. <laughs> I was too fond of drinking from a straw. Um, Ew. <laughs> my one weakness. Ah. Evil bastard. You evil bastard. Um, yes. Uh, uh, Nick Frost spoils Shaun of the Dead with his pub speech. He does. Um, the uh, hot fuzz is spoiled. Breaks down Breaks different down parts of the movie. Out. Yeah, yeah. Very different in this uh, one. So in this one, they took a different approach. They uh, named every pub on the Golden Mile, which is yep. their, their quest that Gary oh, has set them we, out on. Should we briefly synopsize the film for the two people that haven't seen this? Yeah. Gary King, recovering alcoholic, who is not in recovery at all. He's been to like a few meetings. He's, he's an addict. He's an active he's addict, active alcoholic. Yeah. And uh, he decides to get his old mates together from when he was a youth, who he has this amazing mm-hmm. memory of this failed pub crawl. And he gets them all back together now that they're in their 40s and they've all grown up except for him uh, to redo this golden mile of 12 pubs. Yeah. Conveniently 12, seeing as there's 12 steps in the Alcoholics Anonymous program. However. Yes, there is. Please continue. The first pub. The first pub. So the foreshadowing, the first Mm. pub, obviously being the first post. Yep. Self-explanatory, right? Yep. First stop along the golden mile. Second pub is the old familiar. They meet an old mate. Where they meet an old mate, but it is also a carbon copy of the previous pub. (laughs) Of the first pub. It's the old familiar. The famous cock in which Gary is banned from. Because he's a famous cock. Yeah, yeah. Because he's a cock. He's also, that's the only place that gets recognized right up until everyone's clicked on that there's fucking robots everywhere. Are we allowed to say robots? Because they do say that robot means slave in this movie, and that's like yeah, yeah, they, they mean offensive blanks. towards the We're robots. We're calling them blanks. We'll call them blanks. Out we'll of call respect. we'll call them blanks. Yeah, yeah, we'll call them blanks, or collectively the network. Yeah, which is what they're yeah. called in the movie. Well, that's uh, convenient. So the convenient. next one we've got the cro- the cross hands, which is where they fight the group of teen robots. No, not the robots. Blanks. Yep. Team blanks. blanks. Yep. Then we've got the good companions. Where they all agree to work together. Exactly. They decide to stick together, stick to Gary's plan. Uh, The trusty servant Mm -hmm. is where they bump into Gary's former drug dealer, who is a human working for the network. As a trusty servant. As a trusted servant. The two-headed dog is where Gary and Sam fight the twins, who are both blanks. The mermaid is where the marmalade sandwich seduced Gary, Andy, and Peter in a sea of people, much yep. like the ye old tales of sirens. Indeed. The beehive. The beehive is where they are swarmed by blanks and have to fight their way out. And discover that the town that they live in has been replaced by robot people called The Network. I think they caught on a little before, but it was it was at this point. Yeah, no, they do, but I'm, I'm catching people up who haven't seen it. Okay, 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 okay cool. cool, cool. I realized we forgot to mention that. Yeah, in the in the brief synopsis, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So the King's Head. On the way to the King's Head, because uh, this one took me a minute to figure out, or at least what I took from it. So on the way to the King's Head, they stop at the smokehouse. Mm-hmm. The smokehouse, they are... Now they're fully aware that everyone is being replaced by blanks, and they're questioning each other. They're like, how do we know that you're not a blank? Okay, so they're carbon copies, Yeah, yeah. but they don't have their scars, scars from injuries because the or, DNA yeah. on... Exactly. So they go around in a circle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They all prove they're human. And they're like, Gary, how the fuck do we know that you're a human? And he's like, well, here's my tattoo. They don't believe and him. They're like, no, that's not good enough. Could be drawn on. Show us your arm. Because he has a scar on his arm. And mm-hmm. he's like, I'm not going to show you my arms. I'll show you. I'll tell you what I'll do. And fucking bangs his head against a, a pillar mm-hmm. eight or nine times. And it's Showing like, his blood is- that makes yeah. me human. 
And then, yeah, yeah. ah! When he breaks down, everyone's like, yeah, that's Gary. That's, that's the Gary. fucking idiot. Yeah, yeah, Good yeah. stuff. So the king's head, Gary King, hitting his head mm. on a pillar to prove he's human. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the hole in the wall is where Stephen drives the beast, uh, yep. which is the name of Gary's car, through the wall to yep. save uh, Andy and Gary. And then the world's end is kind of self-explanatory, but it is yep. the apocalypse. Hey, there's also um, there's a foreshadowing. When they pull into town on the on the way in, and Gary says, looks at Newton Haven. He's like, behold it in its original colors for the last time, boys. For tonight, we paint it red. And at the end of the film, oh the whole my thing's on fire. god, yeah, 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 yeah. I didn't even click that. That's fucking awesome. Yeah, paint it red. Yeah, fucking fair, man. He also mentions the three musketeers a lot, and then when we get to the end sequence, he what? He mentions the three musketeers. Well, the five musketeers or the six yeah. musketeers. I don't think he understands what a musketeer is or what the three musketeers are. No, I don't think he does. I think he thinks they're mice. Yeah, oh right. <laughs> 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 no, but he keeps mentioning the musketeers, and then at the end is obviously like Gary, Andy, and Stephen, the three musketeers. Oh fuck! The three last standing friends. Yeah, 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 yeah. I see. I hadn't caught that one. There we go. Fucking hell! Oh, look at this. Look at us learning. Teaching Learning. each other stuff. Oh, beautiful. God. I think so the, there's there's tight writing, right? So you've got Gary mm -hmm. who's an addict. And I think Yes. My my thing is always sci-fi should never be needless. It should never be, oh, they're on they're in space because fuck it. Um That's cheap sci-fi. That's, that's not cheap sci-fi. Yeah, yeah. sci uh Alien and Event Horizons are great examples of films that need to be set in space because they're haunted house movies. And the whole point is is if you're in a haunted house, you just fucking leave. If you set a haunted house movie in space, you can't fucking leave. You're in space, so that it justifies why they're set in sci-fi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. I think also as well, the two movies you just mentioned are very fucking critical of like they're, they're analytic of the human condition. Yeah. And yeah. like you've just said, you cannot just leave. You can't yeah. back out. Of that. <laughs> yeah, You're yeah, forced yeah. to look at like yeah. humanity in the face and confront the fucking dark yeah. side of the shit that's hitting you. Hundred percent. We'll get into that on those episodes. That's a fucking great point, man. Let's do them soon. Uh, oh, alien. It's just maybe just not alien. We'll do the alien yeah. franchise at some point. Event Horizon would be up for. I'm always up for more Sam Neill. I think where this avoids being cheap sci-fi is that okay, you've got this invasion of the body snatchers robot replacement. Why? And I think blank replacement. Is, robot blank means slave. Yeah. Come on. Correct. <laughs> don't want to offend any of the robots listening. All right. <laughs> I mean, Amazon and Google are avid listeners. Oh shit. The blanks represent how Gary sees the world without drink or drugs, right? So the freedom and the individuality that he personifies okay. by being drunk and an, yeah, and taking drugs and all that sort of stuff. He's unique. He's an individual. Get fucked. Is he going to change and become more socially pleasant and agreeable and less selfish? He's desperate to never become like everybody else. And so the villain yeah. of the piece is a thing that replaces people with wholesome yeah, yeah yeah conformist it's that fear of conformity he refuses mm -hmm. to conform and so the villain is an alien network that forces conformity and everybody in there loves it and he's like no i don't love that i think it's because you know, the drink and the drugs oh no please no 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 go on go on, go on. You, the drink and the drugs <coughs> Bless me. Bless you. The drink of the drugs is what become his personality and leaving them behind, he'd be compromising who he is. He's, you know, he's the same guy he was when he was younger because yeah. that's where the party was and, and he okay. likes a party. That's interesting, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hadn't thought of it like where he was viewing it in that sense. I, I kind of took it in a way where when he was younger, he was kind of lauded as King Gary, not Gary yeah, yeah. King. He was like, he had his loyal friends who would follow him to the end of the earth. Yeah, yeah. 
He was able to walk into a bar and just go have sex with Sam in the, the yeah, disabled yeah, yeah. toilets and then fuck off to go carry on drinking. It was like he was king of the world. You know what I mean? He was yeah. he was living what his version of a high life, right? But why hasn't he changed? And the reason he hasn't changed is because he fell so in love with that idea. Exactly. That he never developed a new one. Yeah, he can't he can't see himself stepping down to be part yeah. of the normal fucking human experience. He's he's too good for that. He's too big yeah. for that. And I think no, that's interesting, man. I think to a large degree, I've done exactly the same thing. I would always pride myself on being like, not the king, but <laughs> at all, quite the opposite. Mm. The agent of chaos, like arriving at the party, let's uh, taking everything a step further. Let's get more drinks. Let's get loaded. Let's mm. stay out later. Who cares? We only live mm. one life and there's no other time to live it except like right fucking now. Um, yeah. And that's a healthy viewpoint a lot of the time. Like one... It's a viewpoint that can lead to like a thousand great stories and great memories. And Han has done 100%. It, like has done for 100%. me. 100%. But I yeah. also, because of that impulse, I've I've got, the, but I've also got no savings, no car, no place of my own. Everything I mm-hmm. own is in storage and that like running up debt. And I've realized I need to, unlike Gary, I've realized I need to find other ways of expressing that devil may care attitude that are a bit more imaginative and a bit bolder than like, let's get fucked up. Yeah, like maybe a hike, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, let's yeah. not just go for a walk. Let's go to Snowden. Yeah, you're right. Exactly. Let's let's accidentally yeah. run to Windsor. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> Balance would be like the main point there, right? Somebody said something to me the other day, which I think was was really insightful, which is that you can engage in risky behaviors again and again and again, mm-hmm. and they actually stop being risky behaviors. They become the safe, comfortable, predictable behavior because that's what you always do. Yeah. And you can sort of tell yourself that you're living this risky life, but you're actually not because they're risks you've taken a thousand times successfully. Yeah, 100%. And to other people, they seem risky, but the risky thing for me is not doing that. That's the new challenge. Right. That's the new exciting thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's the thing where I'm now like, okay, what if I just live in a small town and start a pizza place? That's a risk. Whereas staying in London and getting off my tits, yeah. although it sounds fun, I've done it. I've done. I've done more than you weigh in various substances and drink <laughs> and all that sort of stuff. <laughs> Realistically, at this point, I'm kidding myself if I think that's a challenge. Yeah, And what annoys me about this film, realistically, the thing that annoys me about this film is when it ends, okay. Gary doesn't actually have to change at all. What Gary does is he gets his mates Ooh. involved in enabling Ooh. him. He stays Gary and once again, they jump on board with his madness. Okay. And it... it it excuses Gary's behavior rather than and and idolizes Gary's behavior rather than him having to actually change. Is this the end of the movie when he's offered this is it's apocalyptic, he's adventuring with the the No blanks. no no this is this is this is with with the network and the network saying, Come join us and he's like, No, fuck you, I wanna be and do you know what mm. do you know what annoys me is his refusal to join the network isn't yeah. even his original quote it's a it's a his statement it's a quote from a song it's a yeah. quote from a song he heard when he was a kid so it's he's yeah. still stuck in that and that's what he uses to change the fate of everybody else is gary king once again using the the sort of albatross of his childhood his ball and chain of this idea of himself to dictate what everyone else is going to do 
And that's when the film okay. loses me. Because if the film had required him to grow up, yeah. but it doesn't. He stays a little man child and everyone else goes along with it. And that's when I'm like, fuck you, I hate it. I really? disagree, man. I would disagree. Yeah, I disagree. I th- I don't see it as him not changing and not growing up because I, I think he does change. I think in that moment he does change because up until that point he has been running away from his responsibilities. He's been avoiding uh, avoiding accepting his flaws and who he is and avoiding right. taking, fucking owning his shit. You know what I mean? He runs yeah. away from it. Like throughout yeah, the movie, yeah. we see that after he's hooked up with Sam, mm-hmm. he, he abandons her to carry on drinking with his buddies because that's Gary yeah. King. When he has an overdose and Andy's driving him to the hospital when, he, when Andy's shit-faced and the car crash nearly kills him. Yeah. But Gary runs away into the night after making a miraculous fucking recovery. Yeah. That's him abandoning Andy, right? And just yeah. carrying on living Gary King. He was never there for anyone. Mm. He was never there for anyone but himself. And I think in that moment... He's very selfish because that's the root of all addiction. He's selfish, but I don't think that it's because of the addiction. I think it's he is at heart a rebel, right? And with the... Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. He's rebelling with the addiction. He's like, well, fuck it. I'm not going to grow up. You can't tell me what to do. You can't tell me when to go to bed because that's a big thing when he was obviously he's tried to kill himself by like slitting his list. They tell me when to go to bed. It's a big thing for him. So rebelling. And I think what it is, is the network uses the word intervention, Mm -hmm. which is also a word that's used for the group therapy scene in the beginning of the movie, right? Yeah. And the word intervention, obviously, like we've briefly Mm -hmm. mentioned the AA scheme recently. I think it's him rebelling against the the conformity of that too. It's someone telling him how to be healthy. And it doesn't, it's it's him rebelling against the one size fits all. This will work for you. AA is incredibly fucking successful, mm-hmm. by the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. By far the best, the yes. most successful route to sobriety and sustained sobriety that has happened ever. Yes. But it isn't a one size fits all and that's perfectly okay. So if it mm-hmm. isn't for you, but you are trying to get sober, there are a million different routes that are made just for you. Yeah, and yeah. you can pursue any single one of them. It's him. It's him rebelling against. It's yeah. It's him rebelling against that. It's him rebelling yeah. against being told what to do, being told how to do it, being told when to do it. He's like, "Fuck you! I'm fucked up. We're all fucked up. It's the flaws that make us unique and individual and wonderful and messy and beautiful." Yeah. And I will fucking be, I'm going to own my own shit. Yep. That's the whole point of this fucking getting back with my friends, trying to get my life back in order, trying to get like that feeling back of, of the connection, right? Is it or is it is it him rolling around in his own shit? Is it him going, because, because the thing no, is, it is. It, because recognizing that you're a shithead, and this is a yeah. direct quote from Daniel Sloss, recognizing mm. that like knowing is half the battle, right? Yeah, yeah. It's just the half that means fuck all. To anyone else, right? A hundred percent. What you then have to do is, uh, we, you and I say this all, all the time, not to one another because you're my boo and I love you, but like nothing sure. says sorry except changed behavior. hundred percent. And that's my issue with Gary King is there's no changed See, behavior. There is an exact change of behavior. The adventuring was never the problem, right? Right. The the living the way that he was living was never the problem. Yep. It was the, it was the reckless, careless drinking right it was yep. the it was the using that to escape responsibility so in the scene in the apocalyptic scene where he is with his blanks right yep. not only does that show that now he is not abandoning his friends mm-hmm. he's taken in his 
the blank versions of his mm. friends shows that he is now standing with his friends and yep. protecting them against the human race that now fucking despise blanks. He's standing yep. with his friends, whether that wh whatever that means for him. It's a very unselfish thing. Okay, also, now that's a very fair point. But here, the, the bit in the bar is the mm. fucking most, this is one, it's probably my second favorite moment in the movie. I'll right. tell you my first favorite moment, but the second favorite mo moment is when in the second or third pub, it might be the first pub actually, in the first pub in the first post, yeah, yeah. when Andy has ordered a tap water and, and uh, Gary is like, a tap you fucking water in a room full of rug, massive dudes with war paint on. Exactly. And then Gary goes into so, the pub at the end, massive dudes, war paint on, human on there. Like and he orders carbon. the fucking water. Yeah. He was like, that takes balls. That's real confidence. That's real fucking like, you know what I mean? So he goes in, pro like standing with the blank version of his friends and orders yep. five waters to a big fuck off group of war painted like rugby yep. player bastards. It's magnificent. I think it's fucking beautiful because not only is like at that moment, Andy's talking about Gary being like, I wonder if he ever thinks about me. It's mm. not only just that, it's the fact that before getting so shit faced on the golden mile, yeah, yeah. before the world ended, he took that little nugget, that little mm -hmm. throwaway line and changed his entire fucking life by it. Like he now acts out that, that act of confidence because of what Andy told him. That's an interesting and fantastic parallel because there's, an, uh, there's another scene where mm -hmm. um, Andy parrots to Pete. Um, you know, you shouldn't bottle things up, mate, explaining things. He's parroting some knowledge that he's learned oh. from a meeting. Exactly, but he hasn't internalized it. Exactly, he you can because he's not living by that bit of advice. He's just repeating he it because he knows that that's the sort of thing you're supposed to say at that point. Exactly, and he hasn't he doesn't live by it at all. And what's okay? So no, I hear you on that. That is good because it's he's done the same thing, but this time he has internalized it. So there is a bit. Yeah, of he's always going to be Gary. He's always going to be a fuck up. He's always going to be adventuring. He's never going to settle down and do the normal shit. He's always going to be wandering about doing his thing. But it's just that now that he's doing it more consciously and, uh, and obviously taking these lessons on board. And I think mm. that's the beautiful arc. Like he's accepted his shit and he's not just sort of like accepted it and gone, yeah, fuck it. I can't do anything about it. He now owns it. He's do like, yeah, it's okay. me. I'm a fuck up, but that is fucking me. Do you know, okay, do my best. So, so here's the, here's why we violently disagree because I think mm -hmm. in order to move forward and this might be just my own shit coming through. Okay. But I think, I think, there's a great song by Elliot Smith, Between the Bars, which I recommend everyone to listen to. Oh, I love to. Elliot Smith, man. I fucking love that, song, that guy. Um, I'm genuinely obsessed. I can tell you, we should do the documentary, Heaven Adores You. Mm. Or we should at least watch it. 100%. It's worth covering. Um, we 100%. could do musicians. We could do Daniel Johnston and Elliot Smith. The Devil and Daniel Johnston, I can't, it, it was too close to his, his anniversary. It was like Fine. three years ago, very recently. I'll just end up Ooh, crying all episode, man. Fine. Um, but Elliot Smith's months. got this song called <laughs> <laughs> Between the Bars, which is a really warm, comforting song in it. And the first time you hear it, it sounds like a friend comforting another mm. friend who's going through a hard time. And when you actually yeah. read the lyrics, it's an addiction singing to the addict. And it's, um, Ooh, yeah. Fuck. But it is a warm, friendly Ooh. song that sounds comforting and safe because addiction is exactly that. Between the Bars, by the way, is an excellent triple entendre about um, between the bars that he drinks in, between the bars of the song he's playing, and between the bars of the prison his addiction's keeping him in. It's fantastic. It's fantastic. I've heard that song a thousand <laughs> times. Yeah. And yeah. that literally just gave me goosebumps. That's Drink fucking up baby, beautiful. stay up all night with the things you could do, the work you won't, but you might. The potential you'll see that you'll never be. The promises you'll only make. Fuck. The people you've been before that you don't want around anymore. 
um, that push and shove and won't bend to your will. I'll keep them still. Oh my God. Drink up one more time and I'll make you mine. I'll keep you apart deep in my heart, separate from the rest where I like you the best. And I'll keep the things you forgot. The people you've been before that you don't want around anymore, that push and shove and won't bend to your will. I'll keep them still. I'll kiss you again between the bars. The isolation bit there. Yeah, yeah. Keep you apart where I like you best or whatever you said. Separate from the rest where I like you the best. That fucking cut. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, when I was... Before I was sober, the, Mm. the moment that I realized I had to go sober was when I was sniffing like a gram or two of coke a day to wake me up because i drank a bottle of whiskey that morning you know what yeah, i mean yeah. so it was a bottle yeah, of whiskey yeah. and a couple and like a gram of coke a day and yeah. it wasn't it wasn't great but the worst thing about it was is that i got really good at hiding it yeah and like you, you like you were saying earlier if you're living a risky lifestyle if mm-hmm. every day is risky no day is risky it's yeah, just yeah. normal it's super safe then the risks have to get bigger yeah. and more dangerous and yeah. more risky So my fucking, my looking back on it now, talking about it, like like I've talked to my family about this, right? And every single reaction is exactly the same. They're like, what? What? Yeah. And I hate that reaction because it's like, Mm. I was all right. I was that good at hiding it. Yeah, yeah. And that was the moment where I hit the fucking wall and was like, okay, I can't Mm. keep my, my real self separate from the people that love me the most. And that I should be being open and honest and vulnerable with, and it, fuck man. Yeah, I need to listen to that song, man. Seriously, fuck me. It's really, really good. It's really, really good because it sounds like it. And the, what's great about it is it's it, it is a friend. And then there's something that um, addiction counselors will tell you is is you have to fi- figure out what the positives are of the bad behavior mm. because no one does something that that doesn't give them something. There's 100%. always there's always something good you get out of that. Whether it's I'm gonna get so fucked up that I can't get out of bed tomorrow, I'm that hungover. Well, is that because mm-hmm. you don't want to get out of bed tomorrow and this gives you a valid reason to not have to? All that sort of stuff. 100%. You've got to find the positive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that yeah. th- but but it but that is fundamentally based around what do you what do, what do I personally need and what can I personally have? And it's quite selfish. And I think the reason I don't connect with Gary is is I do up until that point, up until the point where he he's allowed to continue his, his behavior is because there's no sorry to anybody. And they're all owed one. And I think the thing is, in yeah. order to stop a behavior, you need to change. But in order to change, you need to stop feeling guilty about what you've done already. And that's the trap because you can't, you can't stop feeling guilty because it feels selfish, which is exactly what it is yeah. in a lot of ways. But be- it forces it's... you to behave selfishly so that you won't behave selfishly in a healthy way. Yeah, You won't prioritize it's... yourself because you're doing it all the time in a really unhealthy way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And what you really need to do is do a bit of a inventory and you know that's part one of the steps on the thing is you know do a strict moral inventory and figure out who what you need to apologize for to who and at yeah. no point do i ever see gary being sorry to anybody for anything he's done he only ever goes i'm the fucking greatest and people agree with him i i hear you but he does apologize when they the second time that they're on the hill 
after the network have left. Okay, yeah, and yeah. It's the same as the flashback in the intro of the movie. They're sitting on the hill and Gary is breaking down because he's looking at the destruction that he's just caused. His fuck up has just ended the world. All technology is now gone. No power, no mm. fucking, no hometown, nowhere to, you know what I mean? Yeah. And he just, he he turns to Andy and he just says, I'm sorry. Yeah. It's it's brief. It's too brief for me. There needs to be a bit of time. There needs to be a bit of time to let that. Bed I know in. it's brief, but it's a very fucking personal. Like, yeah, it's a very very like intense personal thing between the 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 two arcs in this in this movie that meant the most to me were Gary and Andy by a long shot. Andy's arc in this is fucking beautiful, man. I yeah. can never. I can't get over it, man. It's it's so good. I get angry at Andy because I feel like at the end, Andy enables Gary to continue being Gary fucking King. He accepts Gary for what he is and that the fact that he has made bad choices and that he has fucked up and that he has lived his life in a way that maybe wasn't necessarily the best for him or anyone else mm. involved. But what he sees in him, and this is where it gets beautiful, it's the little glimmer of nights there. Mm -hmm. He's got this. He's he understands what he's doing. He's fucking working towards it. There's a little. There's like, it's unconditional love between two best friends that grew apart for a very fucked up reason. That yeah. lived very very separate lives. But that unconditional love and the the bond between the two has never wavered. Because once all the yeah. shit is out of the way, and once all the lies are out of the way, and once all the fuck ups are out of the way, it's just Andy and Gary. Yeah. And it's like there, there's a moment in the movie where uh, it's kind of funny when Gary's talking to the network and he's like, well, you know what they say to, uh, to, uh, and Andy's like, to air is human. And he goes, well, to air is human. So, uh, you know what I mean? And the, yeah, 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 yeah. the, the fucking, the quote ends there, right? Yeah, yeah. Because in that circumstance, Gary is the one that has erred yeah, yeah, all yeah. All the way up until that point, right? Yeah, yeah. He's now, fucked the whole up. Phrase, he's constantly fucked up. Yeah. But he's human. Exactly. And that's what humans he is do. Human. So fuck off, exactly. network. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Stop trying to fucking intervene. We yeah, are yeah. human. This yeah. is what we do. And yeah. then as the film is closing out and we get Andy discussing, uh, you know, what, what happened who's gone next on. Yeah, yeah. And who's gone on to do different things, spray painted behind him in huge letters is to err is human, to forgive is godly or godlike. Uh, which finishes off the quote yeah. meaning that okay. Gary to air is human okay. there's Gary's part of the thing and then when Andy is talking about Gary in yep. such a fucking loving I hope he's okay mm -hmm. I wonder what he's doing I wonder if he's thinking about me wondering if there's any sort of impact not knowing mm -hmm. that Gary is off living his life based on the advice that he was given by Andy fucking ages ago this movie makes okay. me cry every time I watch okay. it, man. It fucking okay. hits me so hard. It's my favorite one. Out what of are you going to rate it? Trilogy is the favorite one. Fucking enormous 10. Like the fattest 10 that I could ever <laughs> give a movie. This gets it. Because it's fucking hard not to cry talking about it, let alone fucking watching about it. Okay, watching you've taught it. me up. You've taught me up. So I was going to give it an 8. I was going to give it an 8. You've okay, taught me up nice. to a 9. You've taught me up to a 9. Okay. Because, because I really some of the fucking like made, your I view really... on Gary, though. Yeah. The points you made on Gary gave me like, it's, I think because I, I'm watching it in like mm. the way that I want it to be, which yeah, is yeah, fine. Yeah. That's an okay thing to do because it's written that way. Yeah, yeah. But but your viewpoint on Gary, it's it's filled him out even more for me. So thank you I, for that. That's oh, you're very well. made my experience much better. 
It's what happens when you live like Gary. <laughs> 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 when you are the Gary. Um, See, no, I think, the air I is think, human, man. Oh. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> there you go. There you go, man. Um, I think that some of the points you made, the criticisms I had, you're right, they are, they are addressed. They're just, they weren't addressed in a way that I noticed, which is possibly on me as a viewer. It could be that it wasn't satisfactory as well. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Like your the way that you will, the way that you're going to bounce back from your situation yeah. will be different because obviously you're a different person. Yeah, yeah. The way that I bounced back from my situation was different. I'm yeah. when I say bounced back, like I'm fucking Rolled. like you know skipping down the lane, like <laughs> hey, fucking whoop whoop. Yeah, the way yeah. that I fucking crawl. The way you're, you're back, rolling. Like, <laughs> you keep rolling, yeah. rolling, rolling. You keep rolling, rolling. We need to sack this fucking jug. I tried to do the intro twice and you were singing Limp Biscuit at me aggressively and I didn't know what was going on. But if it was all building up for that shitty joke, A, Edgar Wright and Simon Pegg would be proud because that was literally fucking ages ago and you've just brought it back to make sense right now. So fair, I'm, there's nothing but respect there for that. And B, I forgot my other point because I'm genuinely fucking impressed by it. Fair play. Keep it rolling, man. Just keep fucking rolling, rolling, rolling. And with that, let's boo-boo. Let's fucking boo-boo, man. Thank you all so fucking much for listening. It's been amazing. Oh, oh and we... shout out to uh, Mickey Dickey as well for uh, studying architecture right now. Remember to put them windows Mickey on. Mickey Dickey. In the Discord. Mickey Dickey is busy right now studying architecture. Putting windows on being things. Being the fucking the best version of himself, living his best life. And yeah. we just want to say thanks for listening, man. You're an absolute fucking diamond. Um, hope everything's good. Can we just say thanks for the support recently? Because it's kind of been insane. It has been like, insane. It has been insane. I feel like if we this... name it, it's gonna go away. So I'm, I'm, I'm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, no, no, no. I'm We're dubious, not gonna get but... into it too much. This isn't like a little throwaway thing of like, oh wow, thanks. No, this is no, like no. a genuine. It's disbelief in like. Yeah. Each day that passes, and then we have a cut. Because well, I mean, Rob, I talk to you every fucking day. Yeah, yeah. But then every fucking day, we're like, so have you seen this? I'm like no, and then I look at it and I'm like, what have you done? How have you done this? And it's like, no, it's not me. Yeah, yeah. So, and it's almost like an accusatory, like, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Have you bought bots? Have you bought bots? Have no, you, I've not bought bots. Is have there, you bought bots? Is there? Have you put your child? Have you put your fucking child teeth in a little box and made a deal with the devil? <laughs> I did that a while ago. To be fair, you live in Gloucestershire now. I know that you're like fucking mm -hmm. not that far away from Sanford. I know yeah, that that's, that's the case. So. Uh, yeah. I'm near the old Ram Inn on Wooten as well, the most haunted Satanist <laughs> place in. <laughs> um, but no, it has been fantastic. Uh, if you could, each and every one of you, couple things. Mm. One, remember that we love you dearly for listening. Two, so much. tell one friend this week about our podcast and give it an honest review to your friend. See if they want to listen to us too. And um, join our Discord and say hi so we can shout out like we did the lovely Mickey Dickey. Yeah, and if you don't have friends to tell about the podcast, tell us. Because we enjoy the ego stroke. It's, yeah. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. It makes me feel very good. <laughs> <laughs> we said goodbye like eight minutes ago. So we're going we're gonna to cut it off here. How do I... Um, Should we boo-boo? Let's boo-boo. Boo let's let's boo-boo. How many times do we say let's boo-boo? I don't know. Because I'm beginning to... It's beginning to lose all meaning now. Like it had any to begin with. I'm stopping here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that was awesome. I very nearly cried. Drink up, baby, stay up all night. 
with the things you could do You won't, but you might The potential you'll be That you'll never see The promises you'll only make Drink up with me now And forget all about The pressure of days Do what I say And I'll make you them away the images stuck in your head people you've been before that you don't want around anymore that push and shove and won't bend to your will I'll keep them still drink up Kiss you again Between the bars Where I'm seeing you there With your hands in the air Waiting to finally be caught Drink up one more time And I'll make you mine Keep you apart Deep in my heart Separate from the rest Shove and won't bend to you